Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Drama Soldier Podcast. I would like to say, first of all, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope you guys had a great holiday and, you know, it's good to be in a new year. In this episode, I would like to explore the green flag female lead archetype that was used a lot in 2023. And this is something I noticed in quite a few dramas that kind of spurred me on to make this episode. To explore this term, I want to first start with um, the term red flag. And this is a term that I feel like for me, I first started to see it in 2020, right? During the pandemic era, right? And it's a term that a lot of people recognize, like when they say someone is a red flag, right? In the K-drama world and the rest of the world, it basically means that someone with a toxic trait or some toxic traits. Um, And let's be honest... Male leads in dramas have this in abundance, right? In fact, this is where the term second lead syndrome kind of comes in and why a lot of people have this issue where they fall in love with the second male lead because he's usually just a better person than the male lead who is usually just a shitty person, especially before he falls in love with like the female lead right and so you have those characters where you know it's just the second male lead that kind of shines in that kindness and everything they make the second lead such a good person that we the audience can never understand why (laughs) the female lead would choose the male lead other than the fact that he is the male lead popular examples of male leads like this is for example the male lead in the classic korean drama secret garden This was a male lead that was abusive, that was mean and like generally just hateful. And somehow, despite having all these red flags, he was still the one that the female lead ended up with. So basically around 2020, really, that's when that term kind of popped up to mean people with toxic traits, right? But also around 2020, again, maybe just because of like human nature and the need to like contrast things the term green flag male lead also popped up right and that's basically referring to a male lead that basically has positive traits and vibes you know and a good example of a male lead like this is extraordinary attorney Wu. the male lead in this drama was i think one of the first dramas i would say a lot of people use that term for they would refer to the male lead there as a green flag because he was just a very very good person right and that's why the term was used for him. But soon after, I noticed that there was an extension of this word to female leads, right? And in an almost different way, because generally most females in dramas are kind of written decently. Um, But in a case of a green flag female lead, they are typically even more of a good person than just the regular female lead right they exhibit positive healthy traits um not just in their relationships right but in general um they know how to communicate they know how to express their feelings um and just generally not toxic right which is different from like male leads male leads when they say someone's a green flag this is almost like because the bar is so low to begin with it means more for like male leads but female leads also have this trait right um and it just highlights that there is a better version of female leads out there right and so that's what i kind of wanted to talk about in this episode so i want to talk about those female leads that kind of shine to me as 
being green flags or having this green flag female lead archetype right um and just a disclaimer to begin i am only talking about dramas that i have watched and i have liked right these are dramas that i know intimately and so that's why i am talking about them i am not talking about dramas that i have not watched and so there are going to be female leads out there that are green flags as well but again if i have not seen it and it's not a 2023 drama then it's not making this list um, and again, this list is not long to begin with. But the first female lead I want to talk about is the female lead in the Korean drama, My Good Bad Mother. I do do a full length review about this drama. So you guys can check that out if you want to as well. But basically, I want to talk about the character of the female lead, Miju. And I, I would like to say that she was actually my inspiration for this episode because I found her character very, very dynamic, right? Um, to start first, I want to give a spoiler alert that I will spoil things inadvertently, right? <laughs> um, and I don't censor myself in that way. So if you've not seen this drama and you would like not to be spoiled, you should probably click off and watch the drama first. But moving on, for those who don't know, My Good Bad Mother is a 2023 Korean drama starring Ido Yeon as Choi Kang-go, Ramiran as Jin Young-sun, and Anun Jin as Imi Ju. And basically, the story follows an authoritarian mother and her son. Ramiran's character, Young-sun, raises her son very strictly to the point of abuse and like suffocation because she wants him to become something worthy than just a pig farmer's son right? All of this at the expense of his own happiness, right? And so her son, Idoyan's character, Chokango, grows kind of resentful of her and almost hates her in a way. And basically the story here is them just kind of walking through their misunderstanding and growing to love one another despite all their faults. Especially when Chokango gets into an accident and kind of needs rehabilitation. The character I want to talk about is the character of Aunjin, who plays Miju in this drama and happens to be the love interest of Choi Kang-go. In this drama, in a way, she's his light, his place of peace, right? Um, And generally, I think she just means a lot to Choi Kang-go, right? One thing that was very impressive to me about her character was how friendly and boisterous she was, right? She showed her affection for Choi Kang-go very easily, which a lot of female leads <laughs> do not do right the female leads are typically written to like be very shy and continue to act like coy even when they like the male lead whereas like miju does not do this she's very honest with herself right and i think this is part of what draws trek and go to her right she's very true to herself and when she likes him she likes him and she tells him she likes him right this first of all makes her stand out right in a way she's just not a toxic person right like she'll tell you how things are and i appreciate that about her another thing that was impressive to me was how she was willing to stand on her own when Chicago broke up with her. Even when she sees him with somebody else, when she's had his twins and everything, she never felt the need to approach him, right? When they broke up, they broke up, right? She was never one to kind of latch onto him and like begging for her. Like she was never pathetic, right? And I, I appreciate that about her, that she was willing to kind of work for her kids and do the best for them in a way that just made her a very strong person to me. But I will say that what makes her, I think the biggest green flag was how she reacted once Kango had his accident, right? In that when she realizes that Kango has basically been relegated back to being a seven-year-old and all these things, 
she's never once taken out her anger on him you know she never once takes out that resentment that she feels for him given that he's very weak like he's he has a weakness in the sense that he's basically seven year old at this point right and in fact i would say that she looks after him a little bit trying to like gauge him and kind of understand what he's going through right and i think that's what makes her a good example of a green flag because she was just such a good person to the point where i felt like kango did not deserve her (laughs) because she's even like this in that scene where she realizes that his mom has taken pesticide and might be using it to try and commit suicide she runs to them and she kind of snatches it from young Suzanne. and i feel like a normal person might have wanted to just look away and be like it's none of my business given that it's like the mother of someone that broke up with me and it's why given that young soon kind of intercepted their relationship a lot when they were younger right she was kind of a little against it right um and so even despite all this she still cares and she's kind of willing to kind of help where she can right that does not mean that she forgives him because she doesn't but it also means that she's very mature and can kind of see things in a more nuanced way i think that's impressive her willingness to help him is impressive and just overall good written character the only issue i have with that is that she didn't tell kang ho about his kids and i think even for her she could instinctively tell that it was not the right time and that kang ho could not kind of afford to know about them right um because the way she even takes their breakup was done so coolly despite all she done for him right i mean she was on cooking and cleaning for him and when he broke up with her she took it so, like with such stride that i was like this is amazing like how is she able to do this but no she owes her own and with dignity lets him break up with her and i think you know it makes her just like a very charismatic person and so she would be my first example of like that green flag female archetype right just characters that are good genuine people and can hold like healthy relationships right the second person i want to talk about is the female lead in the thai drama to the moon and back again spoiler alert if you've not seen this drama go watch it first before you listen to this episode i will say that i'll probably do a full-length review about this drama someday because it's just such a good drama that it deserves an episode dedicated to it only but basically the drama to the moon and back is one starring james jirayu and i know some people are going to be like that's not his last name his last name is insert here but honestly (laughs) his last name is easily one of the most difficult last names i've ever seen like it's a tongue twister for me so i'm just gonna call him james jirayu (laughs) um but basically yes this is a drama starring james jirayu as purim a talented neurosurgeon from an affluent family whose upbringing i guess can only be described as stifled and highly controlled by his emotionally manipulative and abusive father and his equally weak-willed mother who really only takes her husband's side because again he provides them with everything right um and keep in mind that his father is also verbally abusive to his wife right always belittling her even though she was like a famous actress in the past right um so he grows up kind of living only on their expectations of him and honestly i feel like for Purim, he was kind of fine with it and he had grown to become second nature to him because again he's been like this since he was young um and he's fine with it right that is until he meets our female lead matalada played by toy jarimpon junkyat who is this hippie looking young girl with i would say the sunniest personality i've ever seen um but basically they grow closer because again it's not very difficult to like her right um 
I will say that of all the females I've ever seen and ever had the pleasure of watching in a drama, Madalada has easily one of the purest heart I've ever seen. Probably because of the community she was raised in, having, you know, LGBT parents and friends, you know, and she's easily one female that I ordinarily believe is too good for any guy. Honestly. But thankfully, actually, Purim in this drama is also a sweet cinnamon roll himself and so they are kind of perfect for one another but even if there was a hint of douchiness or assory from Purim's character I would have been against them till the very end but thankfully Purim is just as sweet so I'm kind of okay with them what made Matalada make this list is first of all she's the most carefree and sweetest girl ever Right. And in a way that even though she's carefree and everything, she's not written to look stupid either. Right. In fact, she's very smart. And I will say that she understands social cues in a way that no other female has ever shown me that they do. She's written so well that, you know, I could understand why Purim likes her so much because I feel like her existence, just the fact that she exists in this world is enough for him to like her right she's just that amazing right and what makes her a perfect example of the green flag archetype is that she influences Purim to make choices that are good for him just by being herself and I think because she's just a positive and healthy minded person Purim kind of feeds off that right she's able to get Prim to loosen up and really take an introspective look at himself and in what he wants to do in his life it's not because she like makes him do it it's not like she instructs him to do it or anything but because of her own way of life and how she thinks which i mean is just unproblematic and all good vibes he is influenced to also want something similar right i like that mata is never antagonistic towards people and she's always trying to be amiable um even to people that i feel like they don't deserve it for example our grandparents right who are like just transphobic assholes no one will ever convince me that our grandfather is not just a terrible person because i feel like he is but again she was raised by such a good father herself and you know our father's friends as well that she can kind of be positive and despite all the hate that they get she returns it with just like goodness and it just makes her one of the best examples of this and it was at the point of watching this drama that i thought to myself that wow i guess thai dramas can't be amazing because this is easily the best thai drama i've ever seen in my entire life right nothing beats this in terms of just writing because this is just what i call a healing drama just a pure loving drama right and so if you've not seen this drama you should but yeah that's it on my second example of the green flag archetype the third drama i want to talk about is the chinese drama hidden love again spoiler alert if you've not seen this drama watch it before you listen to this podcast but hidden love is basically a chinese drama starring jia lucy as sang Jie. A young girl who falls in love with her older brother's best friend, played by Chen Jiayuan. Chen Jiayuan plays Duan Jiashu in this drama. So, I did a review of this drama as well and I encourage you guys to check that one out as well because I say a lot more about her character there as well. 
But what makes Sangji the female lead in this such a perfect example of the green flag female lead archetype is that she is true to Duanjashu and is almost always on his side. To her and us, the audience as well, actually, we know how good and how kind Duanjashu is, right? And so she never lets anyone kind of disrespect him just because he's had a harder life than most people, right? She refuses to accept that people believe she is too good for him because to her he's pretty much perfect and she tells him that whenever she gets the chance right there are three scenes that especially showcase this the first one is when danja shoes depth of girl that like obsessed girl splashes water on his face just because she sees him in a restaurant like smiling with another girl and she's like out of her mind crazy anyways and so she takes a cup of water or something and splashes it on danja shoe without asking any question almost instantly like reflex or something sangji retaliates by splashing water back on the crazy girl she did not know their history and she did not even feel the need to ask danjashu if he did something wrong to offend the girl no for sangji no one dares mess with him while she's there right and i think that's pretty amazing right the second scene that showcases just how much she's on his side is in that scene when she discovers her brother hits Duanjashu. So Sangyan hits Duanjashu because he discovers that they were dating all this while and he did not know about it. Um, when she finds out, she's immediately moved to tears because to her, Duanjashu is precious, right? And does not deserve such a treatment, right? Um, I mean, granted, it's not like I condone violence. I could see where her brother was coming from. But for Sangji, she could not accept that someone would hurt him like that, right? And that's, I don't know, if that's not a green flag, I don't know what is. Um, And the third thing that comes to mind is the scene where Sangji finds out that her parents spoke to Danjashu behind her back, right? This is when they found out that Sangji and Danjashu were dating, right? And so the parents go behind her back and talk to him and they basically are just highlighting the fact that you know she's too good for him she doesn't have enough things and everything and they want her to be comfortable and stuff like that and she's immediately distraught right because to her it feels like they're belittling him right and she can't take that and it's very interesting to me because that shows me like that's something like a family member would do in the sense that i feel like duanja should gain a family in sanji very early on because only family would defend you like that to no end, right? And that's what Sangji does every time. It even seems like someone is remotely beaming to the love of our life, right? And I think that was sweet because, again, given that Duanjashu is an orphan himself, it means a lot for someone to always be on his side. And so all this kind of just showcase a generally positive and supportive attitude that I would like to say I think this is part of why this drama is such a hit, right? Sangji is just such a good person and is willing to take his side because she feels like he deserves it. And he does. Um, To her, that's all she needs to take his side and to always be on his side. And yeah, those are actually three dramas I wanted to talk about. I will say that one thing I like about this green flag archetype is that this is one of the only scenarios where I can understand why the male lead falls for the female lead. Most dramas have the male lead fall in love with the female lead for no good reason, right? Other than the fact that that is a female lead, right? So a character can be the shittiest person ever and the male lead will still fall for her. Because why? She has female lead halo, <laughs> right? And that never 
stood well with me yes there are other reasons why male lead can fall in love with female lead and i'm not talking about those reasons but this is one good one right where the female lead doesn't really have to do anything her existence alone is good enough for the male lead to fall in love with her because again they see all these good aspects of her and they like that about her and that's the pull for them this is very realistic to me because people do like kind people like when you're a kind person and you're not pretty too and let's be honest Female leads are always beautiful, right? So when you're that kind and you're that good of a person just generally, I feel like that's realistic when the male lead falls in love, right? And I will even say that I feel like that's what sustains a good relationship. Have you ever like <laughs> watched a drama where at the end you're like, you know what, even though this drama ends here, I feel like in real life, if this couple existed, they would not survive. Like the relationship would not survive. Like they would break up soon after <laughs> because... I mean, dramas are just there to tell us like a fantasy story and everything, right? But sometimes you can tell when couples can like stay together, right? Because again, the way the relationship builds will tell you that, right? And this is one where you can tell the relationship will last because of how good the female lead is. Another thing I noticed about the green flag archetype, especially relating to like the female lead is that they are almost always paired with a soft male lead <laughs> like a male lead that's also a good person right in a way um Danja Shu from hidden love is a good person purim from to the moon and back is a good person kango is the only one that's on shaky grounds but that's also just a very different drama in the sense that it's adding aspects of like politics and mystery and you know there's fights and everything in that so it makes sense that he's not a perfect human being but generally i feel like this kind of female lead always goes with a male lead that's also kind of a good person right and so or even a male lead that i would say needs healing right a damaged male lead i would say and so kango kind of fits that trope in that way um because through the female lead you know they are able to become a better version of themselves right they're able to grow as a person and i think that's really the alert for me for this archetype you know it just it's always filled with like healing and just goodness and just like soft vibes that it's just warm right um and so i just really really like this idea but yeah that's really the three dramas i'm looking at and i mean there are more i'm sure um i'll probably add the female lead in call it love but she was kind of on shaky grounds for me so i didn't include her um call it love is a korean drama that also aired in 2023 and i just like the female lead because of her kind of evolution but she's more of a gray female lead and i might do an episode about that kind of like archetype as well so yeah that's all for this episode i hope you guys have enjoyed this i had fun making this and just researching this um and it was always something i wanted to make an episode about so i'm glad i could do it so thank you guys so much for listening see you again next week have a nice day bye